Blog Talk Radio. We continue now our series titled Wisdom for Happy, Successful Living. And this is an esoteric study of selected parables of Jesus. In this session, we are studying the parable of the pearl of great price. And we would do well to review at this time our definition of parable. Parable is from a Greek term which means a comparison. My definition for parable is that a parable is a two-story story. One story being obvious or exoteric, E-X-O-T-E-R-I-C, the other story being esoteric or within the story or within the outer story. I simply like to say a parable is a story within a story. It is a two-story story. There are two stories running parallel for comparison. Now, the parable of the pearl of great price. You will find the text in the Bible, in the Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter, the 45th through the 46th verses, and I shall read the text to you. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all he had and bought it. This parable of the pearl of great price is among those parables of Jesus called the kingdom of heaven parable because they and this particular parable speak of the kingdom of heaven. The burden of Jesus' message is to show us what the kingdom of heaven is like. Therefore, his language, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like unto. For the purpose of this study, the term kingdom of heaven means the mind and its thinking processes. So what Jesus is teaching us in these parables is what the mind is like. For the kingdom of God in man is the mind of God operating in and through man. It gives you some idea of how important it is to understand the mind and its processes, your mind and its processes. As a matter of fact, the real purpose of the whole Bible is to show you the processes of your mind and how they work. Dr. Bachman has a very interesting book titled The Bible as the Story of You. And that very title tells it all. Everything in the Bible is the story of the working of the mind, the story of mind and its processes. It is really the story of the working of your consciousness. All of the characters and the events and the places in the Bible are portrayals of the working of the mind, portrayals of the working of consciousness, your consciousness. Take the leading character of the Christian scriptures, for example, Jesus. Jesus is 
far more than simply a theological figure, far more than just a historical figure. If all you get out of the Christian scriptures and Jesus in particular is just the story of a theological character or an historical character, you have missed Jesus as well as the whole revealed Christian scriptures. Jesus in the scriptures represents the God-conscious man. Jesus is the realization and the demonstration of the God-conscious man, the man who is conscious of who and what he is in God and who and what God is in him. Jesus is that mind of God in man which knows its oneness with God. We hear Jesus saying again and again, I and my Father are four. I and my Father are one. And so even that is a, is a giveaway in a sense, but the theologians missed it. I and my Father are one. I am this mind which knows my oneness with God. I am this mind which knows my oneness with God. That may be grammatically incorrect, but it is mystically and spiritually correct. So repeat after me. I am this mind, I am this mind. which knows my oneness with God. Now that's Jesus. That's Jesus. That's the Christ. And so in these parables of the kingdom of heaven, we are dealing with mind and its processes as the kingdom of God in man. And it's a wonderful thing to watch the processes of mind. In this parable of the pearl of great price, Jesus repeats and I repeat the text again. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man. The mind is like a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, seeking the real values of life, health, happiness, love, success, prosperity, and infinite money. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. A very shrewd merchant this mind is. Every mind is a merchant man. Just as I showed you how the mind is always marrying and divorcing, marrying whatever idea it accepts and divorcing every idea it rejects, Again, we're studying about the mind. You see, we're always talking about the mind. I don't care how you put it. The Bible talks about the mind in hundreds, yea, thousands of different ways. But ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is really never, ever talking about anything but the mind. Consciousness. Every mind is a merchant man. And the mind is always buying and selling Selling and buying. Your mind is a busy place. Your mind is doing business all the time. Even when you're asleep, your mind is doing business. For again, there are two major departments of mind, conscious and subconscious. 
And even while you are asleep at night on the conscious mind level, the subconscious mind is doing business. This is why a lot of things happen to people and they don't know how or why. And they said, oh, tell me that I thought this up. What you subconsciously believe is always doing business in the marketplace of life. P.P. Quimby, a great and early mind scientist, said these words, I found that if I really believed something, it would happen whether I was consciously thinking about it or not. Once that deep subconscious level of mind buys an idea, marries an idea, that idea will be busy buying every other idea that goes along with it and selling the same. This is a part of the meaning of the scripture. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart is desperately wicked. There's a better way to translate that. The heart is very secretive. The conscious mind is not always aware of what's in the subconscious. And this is why many times things will crop up that the conscious mind doesn't even know about or even forgot about. Not only does the subconscious mind buy ideas from the conscious mind, but the subconscious mind many times buys direct from the universal subconscious, wholesale, skipping the retail level. How many ideas have individuals subconsciously bought wholesale? When did you first buy the idea that you were going to die? You don't know. You bought that subconscious to subconscious. Where do people get their various negative ideas? If I were to list ideas, well, you take the idea of physical death, for example. Very few people can tell me the exact time, place, when you bought the idea of physical death. Just like that, you have subconsciously bought a lot of other ideas, subconscious to subconscious. Write a question, where did I get this idea? And probe yourself for all of the basic ideas that you accept. Because you see, whatever idea is in your subconscious mind, it's going to be buying and selling according to its nature. And so you bought a lot of stuff and didn't even know when you bought it. Every mind is a merchant man in the marketplace of life. Every mind is continually doing business, buying and selling whatever it believes. What are you buying? What are you selling? Whose religion have you bought? The God you believe in, you bought him too. Some of you have bought Billy Graham's God. Some of you bought John Calvin's God. A few of you bought Reverend Ike's God. A lot of you bought your mama's God. Not too many of you have bought your own God. Paul had gone through that process, and this is why we hear him say in many of his letters, my God. You see, you've got to buy your own concept of God. This is the true meaning of the Christian invitation which says accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You have got to make God personal to you. And you've got to be sure that it is your concept. Mama's God just may not serve your purpose. 
Some of you bought the Baptist God. Some of you bought the Catholic God. Some of you bought the Lutheran God. Or the Presbyterian God. Or the God of some other evangelist. Some of you might have bought Jonathan Edwards' God. The God that delights in dropping sinners into the pits of hell. I won't call his name, but I heard an evangelist on television saying how he woke up one night just burdened for souls because he saw souls just dropping into hell. Well, I will not buy his God. The hell with his God. I'm not buying any God that delights in dropping souls into hell. Of course, that gives the evangelist good job. Uh, the soul-saving business is very profitable. Ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake about it. What you subconsciously believe about God is a part of your self-concept, right? What concept of God have I bought? Closely examine your concept of God. You're a merchant man. You have bought somebody's God. I have an interesting experience all the time whenever I meet a person who calls himself or herself an atheist or an agnostic. And you know what I've really found out about atheists and agnostics? It's not that they don't believe in God as such. It's just that they won't buy the God of organized religion. I mean, don't call a man an atheist because he won't buy Reverend Ike's God or Billy Graham's God. Don't call a man an atheist because he won't buy the Lutheran God or the Baptist God or the Holy Roller's God. Again, getting back to Paul who had decided his own concept of God so that he referred to my God. In one place he says, my God shall supply all your needs. <laughs> now by that concept. We heard a testimony from a young lady here about her aunt who was dying with cancer in the final stages, thinking with it. And she came here and she was even afraid to ask us to pray for her aunt because her aunt belonged to a church where they believed that that was God's will, that sickness was God's will. You see that bill of goods that that woman bought? So anyway, this lady dying with cancer had obviously bought the God of the church that she belonged to. And it weighed heavily on the heart of her niece who wanted to ask for prayer. And she said, she says, well, I'm going to ask any. And through our assistance, and her as a point of contact, we were able to help her out so that she's up and doing fine. All of the concepts that you buy, consciously and subconsciously, these are the things that determine your experience of life. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man. The mind is like a merchant man. And what does a merchant man do? He buys and sells. You know, you're in big business. You're in the biggest business there is, and it's really the father's business. But you've got to do your business right. You've got to do your business positively. Mind is the biggest business in the universe. Together? Mind is the biggest business in the universe. And that's what we're about here. And this is what Jesus is trying to tell us. The kingdom of heaven is light. The mind of God operating in man is light. Thus and so. I want you to really work with that question. Whose religion have I bought? Whose, whose God have I bought? In dealing with the children of Israel in the Old Testament Scripture, Jehovah was constantly warning the children of Israel, meaning those who know the law, those who know the Lord, 
the one law of mind, the one law of consciousness. He was constantly saying to them, don't get mixed up with the gods of the Amorites and the Jebusites. Don't get mixed up with the strange gods of Egypt. Don't get mixed up with these gods. Don't get mixed up with those gods. Don't get mixed up with those strange beliefs. The main and most important business of the mind is not to get mixed up with other gods, meaning the belief in other causes other than mind, other than consciousness, other than awareness. That's your constant business. Regardless of how circumstances may look or appear, don't get mixed up with idol gods. Don't get mixed up with other gods. And the moment you blame something else or somebody else, you've got another God. But it's me, it's my mind that I've got to get straightened out. I am the merchant in my mind. I'm the one who bought some idea that I shouldn't have bought and I've got to get rid of it. Don't ever buy the idea that anything can happen or be apart from consciousness. That's the false God. That's the idol God. Don't do business with that idea. Another question you may write, what, what ideas have I bought about myself? Do you realize a lot of people have bought the idea that they're no good? And unwittingly, sometimes parents and loved ones will sell children that idea. You're no good because your daddy's no good. Ran off and left me. No granddaddy was no good. You'll never amount to anything. You know, parents get irritated with their children and just let out a whole long list of negatives. And you know what? Subconsciously, the child buys that. Lady, don't you ever, no matter how irritated you get with your kids, don't you ever say you'll never be any good. Don't you ever make a negative remark about that child. It's time for Jessica and Tasia on Hindsight Radio. Peace, everyone. Doing a mic check. Can you guys hear us out there? Type in the chat if you can hear us, please. Can you guys hear us? I don't know if you guys can see the things in the chat that we have said. Um, 